So, welcome back to Marriage and Mental Illness. We've had Hello. a couple of weeks off. We have. Well, we, I have. You haven't. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We've just been really flat out. There's been a lot going on. So, uh, we're back. Today, we want to talk about a subject, and this one's come from you. So, I want to lean on you mm. a little bit more about um, today's subject. So, you want to talk about what does life look like post-crisis? That's right. So what I mean by that is you've gone through all the hard years, and I'm going to say years. It's unrealistic to think that supporting someone with mental health is just a couple of weeks, a few days, and she's right, then it's okay again. Uh, That's unrealistic. I'm talking about years. So years of going through the hard yards and the treatment that you did and all of the rest of it, we're now talking about the other side of that and what does life look like now because, and you can, you can say that I'm wrong. I would think that you would say this is, you're at your best now, your best with mental health issues. Yeah. You've reached a a stable. I'm, I'm stable. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just a reminder that to that there is no such thing as being perfectly healed of mental health issues, you're always going to have some sort of issue. Interestingly enough, I've heard people talking about the fact that mental illness can be cured. And I I really struggle with that. See, I don't I don't agree with that. Uh, no, neither do I. At all. I think you can, as as you have, I think you can learn to live with it. Yeah. So that you can enjoy mm. life. Mm. But you'll, it'll always be there in the background. If you're a sufferer, you're a sufferer. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist <laughs> at all, but that's just my, my yeah. personal opinion. It would be fair to say, and I don't want to throw you under the bus here. Oh, let's go throwing. At times, you've felt like you've struggled through the, some mental health symptoms. But I think that comes with the territory of looking after someone with mental health issues mm-hmm. um, and for an extended period of time. Yeah. Uh, during, during the time when you weren't your best, I was on constantly. Yeah. We had very, very young children at the time as well. That's important to make yep. note of. And that in and of itself is hugely, hugely busy. Mm. But when you were really in a crisis and were suffering, that's even more difficult because there's so much more that you need to be thinking about constantly and putting in place and balancing that with kids and life and all the rest of it and working. But now, so you're in this intense time. This is what I'm trying to say. You're in this intense period of years and it goes on for years and then it starts to drift off. But you're still back at that place in thinking that you need to be on and you need to be taking care of everything. As the carer. As the carer. Yeah. Well, we we have, I don't know if we've talked about it that much, but we have uh, struggled at times with uh, trust. At, at what point are you able to trust that I'm able to deal with things? So it's not a trust as in you don't trust me. It's more a trust of, of uh, is he capable of doing this now? That's that's true, but I think, and and we did struggle with that. 
And we talked about that quite a number of times. Yeah. Because I'm still in that carer mindset of having to, that I should just deal with everything because that's easier. Mm. It's easier for you to have no burden on you whatsoever yeah. than for something to come up and you have to try and deal with it. It's just better that I deal with everything. So coming out of that mindset to yep. what we are trying to do now, and we, I think we have done it successfully, mm. is finding that balance between the two. Because the reality is you still have bad days. Yes. Yes. Not bad weeks, bad days. <laughs> or months. Or months, exactly. Or years. <laughs> um, so let's talk about that. So for us, it was important, particularly for me, for you to be part of all my sessions. So yes. my psych ses- uh, sessions, my assessments, all that sort of stuff. I tried to get you to as much as you were able to go to. Then it would have been fairly, I mean, it's funny because I was going to say, oh, it would have been fairly easy to tell them when I was struggling and when I wasn't, but it's never easy to tell. It's never like, oh, I now can see exactly how he's feeling every day and he must be fine. But you must get an indication when you're part of that therapy process of when there are times that my capacity is increased, yeah? You do. Look, you do. And and I knew that your c- capacity had increased, but there was also a line. And that can sometimes be really difficult is knowing when that line is. Yeah. The other thing that I really want to point out is as a carer, sometimes it's easier to be in the storm every day than only occasionally. Yeah. Because you know what to expect when you're in the storm. But if you are in and out of the storm, which we were for for a while there, mm. yep. and absolutely not nowhere near as frequent now, mm. it's harder to, for you to be have the all of these days that are good and then have a bad day. Yeah. That is yeah. – I've thought about it quite quite a lot. It's it's a reality. It hits you harder because you've been good for so long and you've got something to compare bad mm. against. Because nice. when you've just got bad, it's it's less bad or more bad. It's still bad. But, but you it, know how to deal with it. Exactly. And that's and that's exactly what I'm talking about. So when you were in your crisis, mm. I knew what my mode was. I knew what I had to do. And even though that was Every day, mm. I knew what it was. Yeah. But then as you've gotten better and your good days far outweigh your bad days, in mm. my opinion, in yeah. seeing you, but then when you do have a bad day, that's hard. It's actually harder as a carer because it's it's this going back and forth. It's then not knowing because we had these conversations about trust and trying to give you more responsibility in that being more part of the family and yeah. more part of life. Yeah. But then if you're having a bad day, you often have to revert back to not being as participatory. That's right. And and I think that then I not for want of a better word, I don't drop the ball, but I get used to the when you're good, 
and I'm not, they're not used to when you're bad. And that's why I say it's better (laughs) if you're just bad all the time or you're good all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about that life after trauma. So we know that the mental illness is not going to go away for me. We know that I'm not going to wake up one day and everything's going to be back to uh, normal or Mm. back to how it was. So what's our outlook moving forward? Where is the hope for you in this situation now? Because I guess when I'm, when I was really bad, the hope was that I would just be less bad. Now we can kind of look forward to, okay, well, what does success look like for Mark in career and making money and that sort of thing? So what does life look like for you now? Is it a, is it a cautious optimism or is it, too much time's been lost, too much is gone. Now we'll just deal with whatever we have to deal with. I think in my head, it's a really, really good question. Uh, I have run on the basis of just seeing what each day brought about Mm. without having that future outlook. Yeah. And I don't actually think that's a bad thing. Mm. So I don't, I don't tend to think too far in the future anymore. Yeah. But my hope is, is that you would be sharing life with me Mm. as opposed to what it was before where we were almost separate entities still living to some degree, but living separately. Yeah. Yeah. My hope is that we would be living life together and enjoying aspects of that together. So what is it now that makes you think that's possible? What do I do that's different from when I was shut down, when I was really, really dealing with the trauma of the mental mental illness symptoms? Well, the word you just said, shut down. Mm. How can you be in a partnership or sharing a life with someone if you're shut down Mm. for most of the time? You're not. You're living in your own world. Mm which isn't a great world, but you're living there. You're not living with me and sharing life with me Yeah, and everything that comes with it, the burdens and, and all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that I'm more able to help with the hard stuff? Absolutely. Absolutely. And Mm. that was something else that we talked actually not that long ago about is the fact that, I can now come to you and we can have conversations and discuss things that are going on with the kids and um, I can vent about boring work stuff to you yeah. and you just listen to it. Um, in the past, I wouldn't have been able to even have those conversations with you. Right, right. Because in your world, there were no life problems. Yeah. We had an interesting conversation a couple of weeks ago and I wanted to ask you about it. It was, um, I now, we, we know that part of my recovery is talking about this stuff. We we were able to identify that and it, and it has been since my days on radio, being able to open up more and more about the mental illness stuff. You've jumped on board with marriage and mental illness, but for you, there's limits. Well, there, there's limits for me. There's stuff that I won't talk about. How do you feel about the fact that at times I will talk about stuff that you would rather I didn't 
I don't think there's ever a time where you've said, I don't want you to discuss this because of whatever. You've said at times, I will not discuss this mm. subject outside of you and me. Yes. H- how does it feel with me being out there um, talking about this stuff, addressing this stuff? What What is the impact like for you? I think because of the way I look at it, there isn't an impact for me. Mm-hmm. Even though we're married, I see us as two very independent individual people mm-hmm. with our own minds and thoughts on how we feel about things. Yeah. And you've always been a lot more comfortable in talking about um, the sensitive issues than I have, mm. always. So when it came to certain things that you talk about, um, especially if it has to do with our kids, mm. I won't talk about those because I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, little, bit, little bit too close to home for me. But if you, I feel that if that's your process and that works for you as an individual and person yeah. to cope with it better, then I'm all good with that. Mm. Just as long as I never have to venture into talking about it myself when I don't feel comfortable to. Okay. Um, and that's great on one perspective, but we went to an event the other night and I was kind of recognized for some stuff. How do you think that me speaking about this stuff has helped me? And what, what you, you were basically a spectator at this event, at this event that we went to, mm. how do you feel watching people talking about me and and reacting to the things that I say. What, does that give you hope? Is it just nothing? Is it? I think it's encouraging. Uh-huh. And I think it's good for you because talking about these things helps you to gain more insight into yourself uh-huh. and into those around you and how they see things as also. Because I think you and I both like to see all aspects and all sides to a problem. We don't, mm. very open-minded people is yeah. what we are. And that will never change. And I think because you are that sort of person by talking about it and even having these discussions, I think, has helped from you seeing mm. things from a different perspective. Very much so. And that's what, and that's also what I hope that you and I talking about this would do for others. Yeah. Is them being able to see both sides of the story. That's the whole point. Yeah. But no, I think it's good. You know that I'm not one to want to be in the – in the limelight. No. I love to be in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it, I do wonder because I look at my, at our kids and I wonder what their conversations are going to be like. I wonder how my life is impacted on them. How does it impact on them? The fact that I do talk so openly about what's uh, wrong with me. Uh, it's just an interesting thing, you know. They they told me I'd done 50 sessions in the last calendar year, 50 um, That's t- talks. Talk, talking about your life, sto- your mental health story. Yeah, in schools and workplaces. Yeah. Apparently I've done it 50 times in the last year. It doesn't feel like that. But I often wonder what the kids take away I often wonder what purpose I have in doing that until I think about when we were kids and 
I, was, I put myself in the kid's position. I was at a school the other day and I thought, what would I have done when I was at school if somebody came in and talked about mental illness? I don't think I would have been as kind and as patient as the kids are now. You know, I just, we would have seen it as a joke. It would have been like, why are you talking about this stuff? This is- Well, obviously there's, there's a lot more um, awareness out there of mental oh. health and mental health issues. Um, particularly after COVID, we shut down a lot more people realised how impacting that was on their mental health. Yep. And I just think it's come more to the forefront than it has been in the past. Yeah. That's a good thing. Mm. It's not It's not as though, you know, 50 years ago people weren't suffering from mental health issues. Of course they were. People were always suffering but not not identified. Yeah. No, you didn't talk about That's it. That's right. Whereas – because you are going out to schools as well as other people with mental health issues and discussing it, it it may still not have the impact in that moment, but it could have an impact if they're working with someone down the track. If they end up suffering themselves, they have they've had that conversation where they've yeah. heard what it means to suffer, yeah. and they could see that in others or in themselves potentially. Mm. So what does our look life look like now? We are very much married. We were <laughs> married for eight years before we had kids. I think both of us are looking forward to life oh, yes. post kids. Yes. And when I say post kids, I don't mean them moving out. I mean them not being dependent on us. So even if they're living in our house, we've got one 18-year-old now and I'm sort of letting the reins go there. Um, always hoping that she'll stay with us until she can safely and confidently move out. But that's with all our kids. Uh, I don't care if they live with us until the day that they get married. Mm. Uh, I'd, I'd be in favour of that. But I am looking forward to a time where they aren't completely dependent on us, so we've got our relationship back. Yeah, absolutely. But now it's good because... I don't have to get up each day and watch you and try and figure out where you're at. Yeah. Um, I don't need to be so cautious about that. Yeah. And making sure that the kids don't talk to you if you're having a bad day. Yeah. That's not necessary anymore. Mm. Um, I can come and talk to you about things. Um, I always feel like I'm talking to you about <laughs> doom and gloom. <laughs> don't forget this and don't forget that. You need to do this for me. But, you know, once upon a time I wasn't able to do that. Yeah. And for me that has been so amazing to have you participating mm-hmm. in the conversations, even if you don't want to, Yeah. Um, and being part of the kids' lives. So I'm not trying to manage our kids and their issues on, on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly now that they're getting older, I'm just really glad that I have you there because it'd be a nightmare to deal with all three of them and their individual <laughs> issues. <laughs> it's so hard. Um, and see, now I can just come out to you and say, oh, can you go and talk to such and such? Because I think this is an issue, but I think it needs to come from you. Yeah. And that's how it should be. Yeah. And I can do that now. Of course, there are some days where I'm really not sure where you're at. That can be a little tricky. So I'll come out to have a conversation with you and you'll just look really blank Mm. and without any real answers. And I sort of take that on board and say, 
okay. It's not a talkie day. We're not doing talkies today. There was a funny day just recently. I wasn't feeling weird or anything, but you were trying to talk to me and I, I was feeling blank and I tried not to be blank. And you were like, what the hell's going on with you? <laughs> You're acting really strange. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying, but it, it wasn't a natural trying. I was trying to force myself to oh, try. So you can't pull that sort of stuff with me. I'm going to know. <laughs> like, I've been watching you for over a decade with mental health issues. I'm going to be on to it. Yeah, you're watching me going, what, what, what are you hiding? What's, what's this? <laughs> what's that face? What does that mean? Should I stop talking? Do I keep talking? Do I just not today? Is it a not today thing? Is it tomorrow? And I was like, I know, I'm acting weird and I don't know why. <laughs> That's nothing. <laughs> Just move along. Stop talking about it. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the thing of it is, and I do this in every talk I do, I'm I'm just so grateful for your love and your, your patience. And, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to the day where I can repay you for that, the, the, the time that's been stolen from us, um, the struggle that you've been through. So I'm looking forward to the day when that can happen. But um, any final thoughts on today? Oh, there's so many thoughts. There's so many that I won't fit it into this podcast. Um, I do think it's a really important to note that even though you get better, it's still a balance. Every day is a balance and yeah. every day is about trying to figure out how we make that work yep. with your issues because there's still at times you can't attend family events or family events are hard or I need to do, I've talked, we've actually talked about this before, my prep work yeah. to get you ready for a family event. Um, there's all of that. Yeah. Keeping, keeping things in your mind mm. so that you're, you're processing them. So it's not like a shock. Yeah. That, that's a big part of it. Um, even though I don't have to come out and super analyze you, uh, I, I still need to be mindful of where you're at and asking the questions. And that's what I would encourage people in a carrier's capacity to do is asking questions. It's not always easy getting answers out of people with mental health issues though. Um, and they tend to see it in, a, in very particular ways or how people are talking to them. Unless you do the groundwork. Unless you do the groundwork and you have an agreed format, which is what we did. Yeah. And, and that was actually after many years of therapy and coming to the decision that it was it's easier if we have a dialogue because then you know yeah. and I know what's going on. And a safe shorthand dialogue. Yes. Because I hate when it's like, how are you? What do you need? No, what but can how I are do? you really? Tell me, tell me, <laughs> you, you just, you, we found that it's better for you to just go, are you doing all right? Man, I'm struggling a bit. What do you need? Oh, I just need to sit for a while. Dunskis. It's that idea that things don't have to be perfect because they never really are anyway. And I don't need to know everything that's going on in your head exactly. either. Exactly. I don't have to know the answer to that question. I just need to know if, if you're kind of okay. Yeah. No, I agree. Mm. I agree. And another thing I just want people to know is a good day is still when 
you're not super sad, but you're not super happy. Mm. That That's actually still a win. That's a good day. Yeah. And I'm all right with that. Yeah. I don't have mental health issues and I have those days. Yeah. So I know that over the last 15 years, I've not been as emotionally available to you uh, in many, many different ways. One thing I do try to do is I try to be considerate. I try to cook when I can, although your cooking's much better, so <laughs> we both enjoy your cooking more than mine. Um, I try and if you if 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 I know that you need something, I try and get it for you. I buy it at the shop, so I'm always looking out when I do the grocery shopping. Is there something that I can get? for you has that been a positive for you just the fact that i'm trying to be considerate what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to make the point that i know that i don't make the grade as much as i would like to i'm i'm not as uh, available to you as i want to be but i want to encourage people out there that are in my position to just keep trying. And also remembering that the little things mean the most. Mm. It's never the big gestures. It's always the little ones that people remember and they take away with them. Right. That's, like, that's what I think. Like when you you buy me vanilla syrup for my coffee without me having to ask for it. Because I, I would never ask you to buy these things for me. And you yeah, know that. I yeah. would never ask. But there's certain things that I just like to have. Mm. You know, like crunchy peanut butter, not smooth. Like, really? I why, mean, why smooth seriously. in the house? Come who, on. Who was Gosh. the nightmare megalomaniac that came up with smooth peanut butter? And when smooth comes in the house, it really, honestly, I just feel infuriated by it. Yeah, it's just wrong. It's just wrong. Anyway, thank you for my crunchy peanut butter. <laughs> And the fact that you went and got some mustard for me last night for the mac and cheese was awesome. Because <laughs> I didn't want to go out. <laughs> and my point is that as a husband, I will often feel like I'm not good enough. But I want to be good enough. And it may not seem like much, like ducking out last night to get some mustard it took effort for me to do that as in I had to change my mindset I had to you know there were steps I had to go through but it was a small thing and I want to just encourage people out there that are struggling to realize that the little things that you do are noticed because mm. the care in me was thinking that you would not go out and get the mustard and that I was going to have to think of a whole new meal uh. because I'd already half cooked it. So <laughs> that's where my brain was at and I didn't want to. I didn't want to think of another meal. Yeah. And I, I did have to push you to ask me, didn't I? You did because. You didn't want to ask. I didn't want to ask. Yeah. Because I know you wouldn't want to go out. No one did. My gosh, I don't have I don't have those issues. I did not want to go. I was also in my pajamas. That's just no and and my very comfy warm jumpy that I had 
one and I didn't want to go out in the cold. Yeah. But I appreciate it. I appreciate you doing that. And that's what I want the anybody that may be listening today that is struggling, that feels like they're failing their marriage, just to keep trying to do what you can when you can. I'm not always 100% considerate. I don't always buy you exactly what you need. But I try to anticipate what would give you a little bit of joy, a little bit of happiness, um, knowing that you've always got tea bags. I hate it when you tell me uh, you're about I to run out of tea I want for very little. People should know that. I'm not, I'm not very high maintenance. I'm, I don't want for much. I know that you'll be sitting there <laughs> drinking some dirty brown water. It's like, where's your tea? And you're like, oh, I ran out of tea bags. It's like, <gasps> I ran out a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> the small things exactly. uh, can make a massive difference. And um, life may be hard. And it's not like it was before. But. It's still good. It is good. People have got to remember that I don't know what you're thinking and you don't know what I'm thinking. No. You don't. And (laughs) it's just easier to sometimes use a shorthand to let people know because not everyone knows that you're feeling sad when you feel sad and they're not good at reading people's faces like I am. Yeah. Yeah. So just say it. Just say the words. And it's funny because as good as you are and 99 times out of a hundred, you can pick me, but every once in a while, you're just like, I don't quite know what's going on and I just need it clarified. Are you itchy right now? Is it itchy? Is it hungry? <laughs> Do your pockets hurt? I think the pockets are hurting most times. <laughs> so, Do you need to fart? <laughs> If so, leave the room because I want to come out and share the room and I'm not going to be able to for at least half an hour if you do that. Oh, thank you. That's our oldest daughter. She is the champion of clearing out rooms. She is. It's really (laughs) offensive. It's really (laughs) offensive. Mayor, as always, just thank you so much, darling, for you and everything you do, not just for me but for our whole family. And thanks for chatting to us on Marriage and Mental Illness. As always, so happy. (laughs) shall we go get warm yes it is cold today i got a blankie on my legs thank you for listening to shattered the podcast i'd like to thank our producer meredith brosnan our executive producer torian lau and the band adelaide for allowing us to use their song as our theme go to shatteredthepodcast.com for more information Thanks, everyone. Subscribe, like, and share.